ASI Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is episode 58. My name is Russ Shaw. I'm going to talk a little bit about accountability today. Kick it off with a bumper by the Kings of Leon. I've been roaming around, always looking down at all I see. Painted faces fill the places I can reach. You know that I can use somebody. You know that I can use somebody. Someone like you and all you know and how you speak Countless lovers under cover of the street You know that I can use somebody You know that I can use somebody got some emails over the last uh, week or so and talking about accountability. Um, and this has been on my heart just to try and make an attempt to um, communicate this, hopefully articulate this uh, the way I see accountability um, in a way that you can understand and, and hopefully we'll, we'll give you life. I don't know, or at least be a uh, an arrow in the quiver of taking on sexual addiction, right? Little little uh, weapon in the arsenal, right? Anyhow, uh, also uh, Mars Hill Church, the church that I went to, it's making national news at this point. Um, Pastor Mark Driscoll has resigned from his own church. So just there's that. What do we do with that? I mean, stuff like that happens, right? Um, the the Catholic Church who told people that you know we're the we're the way to God and we're you know you should trust us and you know I mean a bunch of those guys like molested little kids for all the horribleness that went on at Mars Hill Church. I mean, it, it just, I mean that's that's pretty bad. All right. I mean, there's just all sorts of failure in the the church system or in religious systems and there's a lot of trust that's broken in those institutions and uh, you know the thing that is the church and i get that man i've been going through that the last few months just on and off depression and struggling through you know meaning who am I again, right? Going back to asking those kind of questions. And a lot of it had to do with, uh, you know, just not being in a healthy place spiritually. And uh, having some conversations with some friends and being in community and uh, talking with uh, Paul Young was also pretty awesome. And we've exchanged some emails back and forth since the, since the talk. Hope to have him on again, um, reading The Shack and getting into his book Crossroads um, has been helpful. I'm not sure I agree with him on all his theology, but again, I'm not the theology police, all right? There's just love and relationship and who is God in the midst of the storm. 
and sometimes the storm happens in a community of faith where people say, oh, well, you should trust us or submit to your spiritual authority, right? There's something to that, you know, when trust is broken, when someone who says, uh, you should have me as your authority, uh, is exposed as a, a liar, manipulator, um, you know, I, as far as Mark Driscoll is concerned, I saw the guy as kind of a spiritual father. You know, I really did. I saw him as, uh, uh, and he's still, you know, I believe the guy is a great Bible teacher, gifted Bible teacher. But again, when you, when you hack the New York Times bestseller list for your own ill-gotten gain and then lie about it, and then when you're caught, you make some surfacey apologies and, Right. And then and then you go on continuing with the bullying process, like firing my pastor friend for not signing a no compete clause. Um, some other pastors were fired and, and let go as well just for calling him to, hey, man, you know, you need to take a s step back and, and reevaluate how you do ministry. And the guy just I don't know. He just isolated himself and closed down. And I, I really don't know what happened behind closed doors, but I know that. um the place was no longer trustworthy. So, again, I, I don't want to start off on a negative note, but this is realistic, right? This is reality in the 21st century. This is and not just new, right? This has been going on for a while. And when someone like me says to plug in to a community of faith and, and put your trust in some people and let some people behind the counter, uh, that can be incredibly hard to do especially for those of us like myself who have those kind of deep trust issues. Had a conversation with a guy recently who I was talking to him about, you know, listen, all the things that we do and all the behavior modification that we try, um, we try and muster up behavior modification. Uh, there's some good to that, but it the big problem with it is us, right? And we, if we're honest, are at many times our own worst enemy, are we not? And what we desire to see, right? The change that we desire to see, we don't necessarily have the willpower to, to carry that out. It's part of our relationship with our creator and the lover of our soul is that he wants us to need him, I believe, right? He loves you that much. And submitting to a higher power, all right, uh, is simply that. There's something bigger than yourself. It is God. He did come to this earth as a man, enter time and space, and walk around among us as, as the person and work of Jesus Christ. He brought the Holy Spirit that if we let him in, if we let, if we just reach out to God and let the Holy Spirit work in our lives, he will, I mean, that doesn't fix you. No, but it gives you, the Holy Spirit gives you a counselor, the Bible says, like a, a an inner voice, not to condemn you, not to coach you like some football or basketball coach, you know, yelling orders, but to convict the heart. We can grieve the Holy Spirit, right? When we do wrong or we're just stubbornly uh, going our own way. But 
that force, it's not just a force, it's a person, all right? The Holy Spirit is a, a person, is, is an entity that is with you, that loves you, that is love itself. It's like the floodlight, uh, one pastor said, Pastor Keller, that, that illuminates Jesus Christ, that illuminates God in the human heart and in the human soul. If we will just take a step back and listen. Um, so that's the first thing, man. Uh, before you open up your soul to people, just getting in an accountability group, it's first of all, it's... And it's dealing with those questions, like Paul Young said, it's dealing with the where is God when kind of questions. Um, seeking to take refuge in God is important. Psalm 1830, this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. It's taking refuge in God. It's not just... Oh, I need a higher power. It's believing that he loves you. He's there with you. He's for you, not against you. He didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it, <laughs> to love us, to reach for us, to be in relationship with us. That's, you know, John 3.16, right? God demonstrates his love by being generous and giving right? For God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave. But I remember being where maybe some of you are and, and one of the guys who I was, you know, conversing with via email and hearing those words. And as a guy who had some Bible, right, knew some church, uh, I heard those words before. Um, what do I do with them now, right? Like I've my life is a mess. There's things that happened to me that I didn't sign up for. Like I, I was one of my things. I sit in, you know, group and counseling sessions. Like I didn't sign up for the crap that happened to me as a kid, for example. Like where was God when I'm laying in bed crying, praying that my parents won't get divorced? And then they did. And then to top it off, they both married kind of abusive uh, stepfathers and stepmothers for me. Uh, at least my mom with her first marriage, her first marriage after my dad. Anyway, so these kinds of things, like I asked those kinds of questions, sexual abuse in the past, like that was a big one, man. And it's a big one I didn't want to deal with. It's something I didn't even admit to until I'm my late thirties, right? That I'd even had that happen to me. Um, where was God when those things happened? And you have to deal with that. You have to be able to bring to the surface those kinds of questions in a safe place. All right? Talk about them. If you don't trust God, I get that, man, more than you know. But it's important to talk about it. All right? It's important to talk about it. Here's a bumper from the fray. I love this this little part of this tune. So emotionally raw. Here you go. I found God on the corner of first and Lamastad, where the West was all but one. All alone, smoking his last cigarette. I said, Where you? Been. He said, ask anything 
God, right? And then he found me. I mean, that's one of those things. I heard a guy say that, like, I'm just too old to find God, right? It was Lemmy from Motorhead in this documentary I was watching. He said that. And I was thinking to myself, dude, you know, God finds you. He really does. He finds us at, at the corner of all, you know, all messed up, right? That's where God finds us. Entering into community, right? Accountability. Uh, I'll use the word community in this regard. Opening up a space. There's something that Paul Young said that I thought was brilliant. What if we could open up a space where it's safe to talk about some of this stuff in your past and some of the stuff that created the emotional habits that got us here, right? What if we could open up this table and just put some stuff on the table where there's this space between you and me and you're this loving person that I can trust and confide in. And we can talk about this stuff in this space. What if we could do that? How life-giving would that be? Right? That's what I love about the fray, for example. Bands like that, you know, they can help to open up some of that space. And you can feel feel it, right? Yes, the fray. Again, um, ASI247.org is the website. Click on the music tab if you want to download any of those songs in their entirety. Just keep my nose clean with the record industry here as far as promo bumpers are concerned. Um, this this is so important because, again, when when it comes to accountability and having some of my talks with some folks on accountability and accountability partners, I don't like the word accountability partner because it's it can be self-centered in a way, right? Like the reason to go out and, and get plugged into a group and get an accountability partner is for me, is because I need to be fixed and I'm putting some kind of... And it can be, it doesn't always, but it can be, you can put some unhealthy weight on another person when you call them an accountability partner, all right? Like they have some kind of responsibility to fix you or listen to your problems or, I mean, they're just another sinful, jacked up human being themselves. They're not always going to have the right wisdom for you, all right? They're going to need you as well. I mean, see, and that's the thing with accountability partners. It's this weird hierarchy. It's almost military-like, right? And I respect the military, and I respect big companies that have these kind of authority figures and no fraternization with the underlings and stuff like that. But that's not the way the church works. That's not the way relationships work. Um, so 
see the thing is that's another thing about accountability software like i it wasn't a big thing for me with accountability software because i'm a bit of a hacker and i would just find a way around it or i just wouldn't use my computer my phone i would just go out and get magazines or something like that um videos uh i mean it's it's not hard to find your way around these kinds of countermeasures when it comes to putting fences up for me anyway from me to get to my my pornography um i mean it got really bad it was just not just porn it started to become you you know my story all right um prostitution i mean it was just really freaking bad um I, I was fighting for my life when i started this show really i mean some of those talks that i was having i was having with you i was having with myself and i was really working through some stuff I knew, working through some attitude, you know, energy stuff that I know does work because of the business that I'm in, right? Um, it, it, it was so critically important for me to understand that keeping my private life private was killing me, all right? That's what this is about. This is about having friendships and brothers. You know, if you can't talk to your spouse about it, if you don't feel like your spouse is a safe place, I get that, all right? But you need to have brothers or sisters if you're a woman, all right? My friend Crystal Renault, right? I mean, the whole Dirty Girls Ministries and Whole Woman's Ministries. Ladies, if you're out there, um, she's got some great stuff and there's some great places you can plug in. If you're a woman who struggles in this area, and I know it's harder for, for women than it is for guys because there's so much more resources for guys out there. But that's another another resource. But again, I like her approach. And you could say it's because women are more emotional or more relational or whatever. But the truth is, so are guys. All right. We just ha have a different way of systematically running through the gamut of the people that we put in our lives. <laughs> okay. What can I get out of this relationship is not a healthy way of looking at accountability partners. All right. What can I give to this relationship? What can I bring to the table? How can I be your friend? How can we walk together as brothers through this life that is hard? It's treacherous. It's painful, joyful, crazy at times. How can we be more than just um, people with a religious pedigree or uh, accountability partners in some kind of a, you know, uh, behavior modification, um, disciplinary system, right? This, this I'm talking about letting people behind the counter in your life, letting people into that tender space that you don't let a lot of people in actually take having the courage to start to seek out those kinds of relationships and yeah it's hard to meet with people weekly even every two weeks seeking out those kind of just start it man start seeking out some of those relationships it's it's so important and it's deeper than just you know accountability partners all right i'm not trying to diss on that word i just want i just want you to realize that it's it's so much more deeper than just, you know, some kind of mutually beneficial relationship that works for you because you're an addict. But it's also in a community of faith, again, seeking refuge in God and having other people who are like-minded, who are seeking refuge in the same God, all right, 
who have the same values, who understand maybe scripture, who understand their faith a little better than you do. And you're going to have to do some work to discern that, right? It's easy to judge people. Discernment is different and it's, it's takes some work, right? Again, that behind the counter metaphor with the small business, you just don't let everybody behind the counter. You just don't let anybody behind the counter. Some people can seem real personable on the surface and you want to just bring them right behind the counter to show them the safe that contains all of the, the hurt and the stuff that you don't show most people. But man, it, it does take a little bit more work than that. All right. This is uh, 1 John uh, chapter 1, 7 through 9. This is a, a good little piece of scripture that helps discern religious people, you know, goody goods from the raw heart people who are also on a journey, right? Seeking God, loving God, trying to love God in community with other people is different than people with religious pedigrees. All right. And how do we tell the difference? Oh, here's a good one. Here's a good piece of scripture to help with that. Uh, verse seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Walking in the light simply means that you don't have secrets. Now, when I say that, you know, you, you start to think confession comes to mind and all the stuff that, you know, all our secrets. Uh, let some people in. All right. You don't have to let anybody, everybody in. Okay, you don't have to tell everyone your secrets. You don't have to show everyone all the stuff that's been in the dark for all those years, right? But I'm telling you to let some folks in. Start to do the work of letting some folks in so you can walk in some light, all right? It's amazing what happens when you, you know, the emails I've got over the years, I've, I've said that, I've challenged people. If you've never told anybody about this before, email me, russ at asi247.org talk to me about it. At least that's a start. That's a start, right? Going on, walking in the light. That's one thing. We're covered by the blood of Christ. We can walk in the light. You don't walk in the light because you're a perfect person or because you have all your P's and Q's and all your ducks and neat little balls. All right. Um, <laughs> it's two metaphors I put together there. Anyway, it, it, because we're covered with the blood of Christ, we can walk in the light. Not because we're perfect. Not because we're um, we're somebody who's earned it, right? Not because we have the degree or because we scored the touchdown for Papa God, but just because he loves us with that kind of John 3.16, right? Didn't come to condemn us. Um so here we go. This is uh, walking in the light. Verse 7, verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 8 is a big one when discerning what kind of religious organization to plug into. There's a lot of church people who think that they're without sin, right? They have a weird um, <laughs> definition of sin and it's not biblical. See, culture today has redefined sin as uh, addiction, dysfunction, right, disorder, 
we all have sin in our lives. Sin is simply the, the break between how God set us in the world to be. And we're all infected. We're all afflicted. It's another psalm, you know, let the afflicted cry out. Thank you, right? And, and thanksgiving. Um, anyway, I digress. Again, verse 8. Think about that when you're looking for a church. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all all unrighteousness. Like when you start, to, and I've seen this in group and I had a counselor friend talk to me about this. That word all in there, it means all, all right? That when we start to talk about just like the sexual stuff, like sexual addiction or pornography addiction, that's one thing. When you start to talk about it, it, it reveals other things, right? And it starts to loosen up some of the other stubborn sins, like just being cold inside, right? Being angry all the time. Um, it starts to loosen these things up. It's beautiful. I didn't want to spend too much time on this show today, but man, I love you guys. And I wanted to to just put that in your mind about what what accountability is. What is an accountability group? What does it mean to have an accountability partner? It's simply this. Someone who you can let some light into that dark place in your life, all right? Someone you can trust. Someone like-minded. Someone who, you know, again, be discerning. You don't take your car to any old, you know, mechanic without maybe doing some work and researching if this person's trustworthy or not. Uh, loving another person in your life and being plugged into them and, 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 and letting them into your life. Yes, it is kind of a hierarchy, uh, uh, accountability, right, authority kind of thing. But that's not why you do it. That's not why you stay in it. You stay in it because we all need somebody, right? We do. We have God. We pray to God. We we. He's our refuge, being in prayer. And, and again, your prayer life is so important. And listen, part of the fact of the Holy Spirit is you don't have to, you, you don't have to push it, right? You don't have to like strain to do it because he's right there with you. He's never not there. God is always there with you. You don't have to force your prayer life, all right? It's easy to talk to God because he's right there. Holy Spirit dwells within us. Those of us who've made that decision, right, to to let him in, to love him, and to submit our lives to, to God. And what does that even look like, right? This, these are these questions. That real relationship, real community with believers will will help work out in us, man. It's just true. Even though Mars Hill Church is fallen all right even though i haven't gone there in months i'm still plugged in with some of the people who were going and those relationships with god i mean mark started something he he wasn't doing these things right wasn't walking in the light and he's still stubbornly not walking away and resigning instead of you know coming clean and taking responsibility for the stuff he did right 
I mean, I'd like to see the story end differently, but that's not how it ended it. But that doesn't have to have my heart turn cold and have me distance myself. Oh, Christians are just full of crap because I don't believe that. You know why? Because I know some of them because they've let me behind the counter. And we know we're not perfect. And God is changing and has changed our hearts and minds. And that's beautiful and true. And I can trust that because I've seen it. <laughs> that's, that's part of it, right? I love you guys. Um, I mean that sincerely. Again, Russ at ASI247.org. Uh, next week, going to have uh, Stephen on again with uh, the 10 lies men believe about porn. So subscribe if you haven't. You're going to want to hear that show. It's the part two. I started the interview back in July and uh, working through this stuff with Mars Hill and then, you know, coming back. So this will be, this will be good. So that'll be next week. I'm going to end with that song that I opened with because there's something so very true to it, right? Um, being a porn addict, being a sex addict was using somebody. Um, being in accountability, right? Let's, let's push that word aside a little bit. And being in relationship, getting intimate with other people, that's using somebody too, but it's in a more healthy way. Because that's what the church is, man. The church is people. The church is people using each other, <laughs> sort of, right? In a good way. Not a sexual, twisted, perverted way, but in a way that's, you know, safe for the heart, that gives life, right? Long-term, instead of just short-term hits of pleasure, like crack cocaine or something. This is deep relationship. This is using somebody for the glory of God and them using us and being in that kind of relationship. I heard this, this illustration of, uh, uh, you know, heaven and hell and, and, and this guy walks into this room and there's a bunch of people and they're all in front of this beautiful table full of food and it's just every kind of delicacy you could dream of is right there before them and they're all sad because their their arms their hands are forks and knives right and they and they're all like five feet long so they can't feed themselves they can't put the food in their mouth so they're all sitting there crying and go into another room exact same scenario right beautiful spread banquet meal laid before them they all have forks and knives that are five feet long instead of hands but they're all laughing and they're all enjoying the meal because as they sit across from one another they're feeding each other and that's a picture of heaven that's a picture of intimacy that's a picture of a healthy way to use someone, all right? I love you guys. Until uh, next time, keep me in your prayers. Um, it's a tough season, but it's, uh, it, it, it's working out for good. You know, I'm starting to see that now, all right? Perspectives change. I love you guys. I do mean that sincerely. Until next time. Bye.